They're sitting on a couch. It's usually just two characters or sometimes three characters. They're always talking and sitting. They're just sitting in a chair. The pacing sucks. There's no style to anything. It's so boring. From the concrete shores of Arlington, Texas, this is the Approximate Podcast with your hosts, Jamie French and Orion Quest. Hey everyone, we're going to be speaking with porn star Stephanie Special. Uh, we're going to find out about what she has to say about the porn industry at large, her activism, and a weird subject, trans motivations. And then later we're going to speak about whatever normal thing Orion wants to talk about. Whatever. So let me introduce to you Stephanie Special. Stephanie, hey, say something about yourself. Say hi. Hey, I'm Stephanie Special. How are y'all? <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Talk, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Who is Stephanie Special? And let the listeners know who you are and what you what you do. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm yeah, I'm Stephanie Special. I'm uh, 26 years old. Um, wow, I, you gave your age away really quick. Yeah, <laughs> but you're important. You should always be 22. Well, let's take that away then. <laughs> <laughs> let's restart it. <laughs> go, go ahead. You're, you're Stephanie Special. You're. I'm 22 years old. There you go. There you go. <laughs> actually, forever. I actually say forever 25. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to give me 22, sure. I'm still playing the college role, so hey, that's all that matters. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I um, grew up, um, well, anyways, I'm from Dallas. Uh, I've been living in Los Angeles for Are the you last... from Dallas? Yeah. Like well, you were... a little bit. Where, you, where were you born? A little bit further north. I'd prefer not to say this. Sure, somewhere north of yeah. Dallas, but you live most of your life in Dallas. Yeah, mostly. And you've migrated from Dallas to where? To Los Angeles. To Los Angeles. For the last course. four years. Okay, cool, yeah. great. And so, uh, what, what is it you do? Well, um, I'm a porn star and art. Well, I'd actually call myself more of an artist, um, performance artist. So uh, she's pretentious, this one. Oh. Not only a porn star, but an artist. <laughs> Would you call yourself an artist or an artiste? Just an artist. Okay. <laughs> Just an artist. Just want to make sure. Just make sure. She's pretentious light. Yeah, I don't have that big of a stick up my ass, even though I can get some lot of things up my ass. <laughs> Tell us about that. Like, okay, so how? What are you known for in porn? What's your specialty? Why? Why go this route? What I think do you it's do? safe to what establish to? things up her ass was her specialty. <laughs> go, um, no, well, um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm more of a I'm not your typical trans performer. I'm more on the extreme side, I guess. Uh, I like to explore my boundaries on camera for the world to explore their own or kind of educate themselves about their own. I really like uh, BDSM and extreme uh, sex, passionate sex. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Uh, what got you into the business? Um, well, I was camming, uh, and uh, I had an escort add up also, and a producer called me off. This of, is uh, at what? Like what age? Oh, this was, um, I think I got in the business when I was like, tw- well. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You've already made me lie about my age. <laughs> no, you're you're 22 perpetually from this point on. So let's but, just say, but when did you start? Let's just say at 20. what age? <laughs> We're not naming years. We're naming ages. What? When did you start? Let's just say 20. Tw- 20, 20. So at 20, you because did you have any jobs prior yeah. to your experience in the adult I, entertainment industry? I had tons of jobs. I worked at freaking. Um, food service. I worked in healthcare. I worked in all kinds of um, odd, like construction jobs, painting, and really tile. construction. Yeah, like my, like actual menial labor. My grandpa had a construction business, and I painted for him and helped with tile and stuff like that. Nice. And also clean up. I was, um, what was it? Um, like I would come, in, I would clean up all the houses, get them ready for open house and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then from that, I mean, that's that's a that's a real large gap between 
doing construction work mm -hmm. and menial labor, working with your hands for your grandpa mm -hmm. to sucking dicks the best. I love sucking dicks. The on best. camera, like <laughs> what happened in that gap that made you go from there to there? Oh, uh, just opening up my sexuality, of course. Like just kind of learning what made me tick and then kind of just... Uh, I would be. I was camming already, like I said, and then I went from camming to um, escorting. Um, and I was called off my escort ad by a producer, and he said, "You know, do you want to shoot for this site?" Can, can you name the site? Do you, do, is that is this your Groovy. first official gig that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it was for Groovy. It was, oh, it was for Groovy. Yeah. Okay, who yeah. hit you up? Uh, Omar Wax. <clears throat> oh, okay, Omar. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he hit you up from your escorting ad. Uh, well, uh, either that or he got my number from Steven, but I, I assume that he probably hit me up from an escorting ad. Oh. I don't know why. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool. Probably because he was scouting girls off a of back page, but yeah. Let's go back just a moment. Um, uh, just a side note, although I'm a hetero guy, these things in this world fascinates me. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions based on that. Sure. Um, you said you started camming um, um, before you traveled into a lot deeper things. Um, what was per se your specialty when you were camming? Was it was there something that you would do on cam? I've never seen a cam before, so this will be a, a first chance to hear what a person does when they cam. So what would what 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 were you doing when you were camming? Well, this wasn't traditional camming when I first started. This was more just like experimentation. I was kind of just seeing like what it was about and stuff like that. So basically these um, little gigs or whatever would come off of like sites. Like I was a member to Collar Me um, and a few other like sites. And I had people that like wanted cam shows off of that. So I'd give them like little, you know, experimental cam shows and stuff. No. And I used to do BDSM stuff to myself okay, for the I camera. Another thing I can do, because I can definitely do this, <clears throat> I can definitely speak on my side of the fence as to ask questions that anybody on either side of the fence can answer. So I'm going to ask you as a transgen transgendered person. Transgender. I consider I consider myself to be vanilla. Um, okay. I'm a straight, you know, you know, conventional sex type of guy. When was it that you discovered that, that you... That, that's your moniker on FetLife? <laughs> well, if you let me, that's the technical term. There you have it. There you have it. This is, well, like I said before, this is all I know of this world at this moment is what I see and what I do with my own eyes and my own body. Please. So I'm asking a person okay. that and does something different with their body in a whole different gender. How they, how they, when did you decide to take it from where everything was conventional to where you're at now when when what was when when did that ha i wouldn't say when but what was the thing that that happened to make you say i want to go into this darker place or this different world well i don't know if anything was ever conventional for me <laughs> but um <clears throat> i do know that um yeah, I would start getting like people that would show interest in like meeting me in real life, and of course I didn't ever go with those people because that's kind of dangerous. Right. But I got it in my head like, oh, maybe I could, you know, um, maybe I could make some money escorting. Um, so it was around the time I got laid off from a job. I was at a um, at a medical um, place. I was trying to become a CNA. Mm -hmm. He's got my vaccinations for hepatitis. So I like, killed two birds with one stone. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Um, so I just got laid off. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, I need, I'm going to make me some money. And this is around the time that, you know, uh, hormones began. Um, so, yeah, I, I uh, took a trip to uh, uh, Dallas from where I was and then kind of just found my way, made like $5,000 in my first weekend. I was like, hey, God that's, that's balling. <laughs> So uh, just kind of like saw it as a like used it as a way to just make a little bit of money for a while, and I was like doing a little bit of small um, uh, personal like DJing just for like my friends to make like uh, album mixes or whatever like that. I like to make stuff like for my friends to listen to and smoke out to, pretty much, you know. Um, and 
I sold everything, all of my mixers and my turntables and whatever, um, and got my hormones and whatever, and then started getting a little bit more serious about escorting, um, made a lot more money, and then just found my way moving out. Uh, well, actually, I got a boyfriend um, in Dallas, and then I that, that fell apart. Not relatively quick. It was like a year or two later. Um, so, yeah. After that fell apart, though, I was just like, yeah, you know, I was already traveling out to L.A. at the time, so coming back and forth, so I was already involved in porn, um, getting booked by all different companies or whatever, and and I was just like, yeah, well, there's really nothing keeping me in, a, in, in Texas anymore, so I just kind of moved out there and started working a lot more with the companies and with other models and stuff like that for their stuff. Okay, so... It, uh, so it- the early part of your history sounds like a confusing mess. It was. What I want to know, now that you have experience in this business, uh-huh. so you're 22. You've been in this for five years. <laughs> <laughs> um, to which she responds, if you say so. Yeah. Right. Uh, you, I'm you, still playing to college. So you, okay. <laughs> you've, you've been in this game a while now. Past the story you just told us, you how now, as of today, you have actually been doing uh, porn work for quite a while. It's a little bit closer uh, to four years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, tell us about your views on the porn industry today. Where do you think you stand? Um, is do you have any hassles with this thing? Are it are things easier than what you might have expected? Like, where do you stand? What What do you see going on around you that would prompt you to take note? Well, when I first came in the industry, I worked for Groovy a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my first alternative shoot away from Groovy would probably be Evil Angel. And then I kind of just got, like, a, a few other you know, um, shoots. I started hooking up with kink a lot. Um, kink.com. Yeah. Kink.com. Um, I love all those. I I like, uh, uh, all those studios and stuff like that. And I haven't actually had a bad experience until just recently, but that's another, that's another story. Um, and, and that's not a, that's not on any other. Wait, 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 let me stop you. Let me stop you. You say that's another story. Yeah. That's, you being secretive about that lets me know that's a story you should tell. That's another uh, story. What is that story? Uh, we'll, we'll get in that later. But, um, yeah, I've enjoyed most of my time in, in porn. Um, uh, there is a few, more than a few drawbacks and um, oh. pigeonholing and as in trans porn. Okay, so tell us about that. Um, it's like, I don't know. It's like we're only good for female tranny porn. Which, when you say we, who do you mean? As in trans performers in general. Trans performers. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're just as well-rounded as the cis industry, uh, especially the new generation of performers. We're trying to kind of show that we can kind of expand our audience, not kind of, like completely expand our audiences into the other audiences to incorporate more of a genre instead of just a niche. Even though niches make riches, shemale tranny will always be a, a niche, but we can, it's been for so long that it's like, oh, there's a beautiful girl and holy shit, she has a dick. Like that's been the whole thing about trans porn and it's kind of moving out of that now since more performers are different sex drives and, and different fan bases, different audiences or all the audiences are overlapping because pretty much they use all the same performers. So you're telling me that if I hear you correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you're saying that trans girls in this industry, you want, you want them to go and be seen as mainstream performers. Like you want them to be on the same level as a genetic girl. As a cisgender girl? Yeah. Um, well, I would say that it, it would be a step towards progression for sure. Um, I mean, of course, there will always be that novelty of the chick with the dick, you know, but it's kind of moving out of just being that now. Okay, so uh, this is not meant to sound accusatory. Of course. But what makes you think that you can perform on that 
same level as, as a G. Well, sure, like <laughs> physically you can, but is there a reason why you're trying to like? It sounds like you're trying to tell people who would otherwise only be interested in genetic girl porn that don't don't look at my dick. I'm just as good as a Jenna Jameson, but I have a dick, and d- just ignore it. I'm every bit as good as her. Uh, just ignore my dick. Well, not completely true about ignoring the dick. Okay, it's go just ahead. that don't make the dick the only focal point in the porn. But there's don't so much more to our porn. But don't you think there's drives. with your goals in mind? Don't you think there's a catch twenty two there, which is to say, you have a dick. Are Okay, let me simplify it. Are you wanting too much? See, the selling point for you, A number one, is that you're attractive to any person, to any guy or any girl that likes femininity. That's great. That's your first start. But, but, you also have a penis. Wong. Yeah. So, that kind of puts you in a very particular place. You are only going to be attractive to guys or girls that like femininity but also want that, and this is a quote, this is a saying that we hear in this industry all the time, uh, that extra something special. You know, Uh, How can you make you having a dick be equal in the minds of people that only give a shit about vaginas. Well, I mean, if you only give a shit about vaginas, then you wouldn't even be watching cisgender porn because most of the cisgender porn is, is you know, like, you want a big honking fucking dick fucking the girl. You don't want a fucking little small shriveled up cock. So even if a, a, a trans woman is fucking a cisgender woman, you know, it's still it's still lesbian porn. So you're still looking at two girls essentially. And if you're if you're watching, do you think that like my friend Orion over here, who's been very suspiciously quiet? Yeah. Uh, do you? I'm learning. No, no, no. I, I see. He's I'm just listen- taking it all in. <clears throat> check, check. Just want to make sure I'm still with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm still with you. I'm, I'm taking this. I'm taking this all in. Like I said, I'm right now. I mean, I'm an I'm an observer. Okay. So I'll I'll have some questions in a moment, but for right now, this is all very good. So. Do, do you think, Stephanie, that um, that the guys that look at porn with the GG models and they Most- see that big big dick, do you think it's because they want big dick or because they are placed they imagine themselves as the person with the big dick? But it's just like it's just like cisgender men looking at. Uh, looking at porn with lesbians who use strap-ons, but we have an an anamical, an actual uh, biological Do you think, at that point, do you think that straight guys that are looking at lesbian porn give a fuck at all about the strap-on? Or what I assume, and please tell me if I'm wrong, what I assume is that for a straight guy... It's simply amazing watching two pretty things that you'd like to fuck, fuck each other. That Do you think that they care at all about the strap-on, whether or not they use their fingers or their tongues or a strap-on? I don't think, personally, from what I know, I don't think that that's what's drawing guys in. I think it's seeing two pretty things, like, have sex. It's It's... Hmm. I mean, it's, the strap-on is, is, is an extension of making the girl come. Basically. Oh, okay, maybe. Just okay, like to put fingers, it simpler, to like put it tongue. simpler, are you rationalizing lesbian porn for the size, the cis, whatever, straight male? Are you rationalizing that strap-on portion of it for your own means, or are you not recognizing what straight men like in lesbian porn, which is to say, two pretty things, fucking. Well, see, the thing is, is uh, straight men, uh, cis, uh, straight cisgender men, straight cisgender women, they all watch pretty much. They everybody watches everything. It's fucking proven. So proven I mean, by what? Can you cite? I mean, there's been recent surveys. By uh, who? I mean, well, as much as I hate to quote one, sure. Um, 
but it's um, a tube site, a popular tube site. I won't say the name because I don't want them to enter the promotion. Um, but a popular tube site um, did a recent survey, um, and it said that um, that uh, uh, the audiences that have been overlapping. It's uh, in the evidence is the audiences are overlapping about like who searches for what and so you're saying that the what that the audience for. at large is more fluid than they let on most, in surveys yes of course most okay. all most uh, most all everybody everybody watches everything behind closed doors and that's what we're trying to combat especially in the trans performer audience or transformer is circle. it your job to basically out people but, well it's not that we want to out them we want them to kind of just out them fucking selves like we for what reason for to make you feel better or for for their growth for growth and prosperity in our industry because what you're doing is you're denying uh transgender and transsexual performers the same kind of privilege that um cisgender and gay performers have what's the what's the privilege what's the privilege because the tranny market has a market in which they can thrive so what are they missing out on that you're fighting for well, I mean, the tranny market, uh, the tranny market and shemo market is kind of a different market than what I'm involved in. I mean, I know I market as that a lot of ways, but I don't see myself as a tranny or a shemo or a TS performer. I see myself more as a um, performer that can, as a pansexual performer that can perform with all different genders. And I am one of the one of so, the trans performers. Okay, so that, that sounds like you're saying you're part of an alternative market. Totally. Which only it only means anything to a very small margin of the general audience. That's not true. The, the folks that are into what you're saying you are are hippies. Not They're true. basically hippies because you're doing something that is pronouncing itself as I'm outside straight porn. I'm outside gay porn. I'm outside trans porn. I am queer this. Porn. I am queer utopian porn. I am the ideal of what I think everybody else should feel. But then, of course, and, I and only a certain role. number of people are going to find that interesting. And it's usually people with fucking long beards and fucking buns but in the back of their head. But that's stereotypical, and that's not true. But I it's think stereotypical for a reason. All, a stereotype though. exists because it's self-prevalent. Stereotypes don't exist because uh, the man decides stereotypes exist. They exist on the entire They're passed human... down out of stigma. What? They're passed down out of stigma. Stigmas form stereotypes. I am a weirdo, and I can immediately see, as a weirdo, that alternative porn is meant for free-thinking hippies. And that it it's it's for people that... Here's what I'll grant you. 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 That they are for people that are more evolved. I'll grant you that. But when you're dealing with the market at large, you are not talking to progressive types. And I feel that. And but why am I tell me how I'm wrong? Companies hit me up and ask me to do porn. I feel that you are trying to force progressiveness on a market that's made out of dummies, and you're wasting your time. One, because they're dummies for a reason. They're dummies for a reason. Biologically, they are not predisposed to free thinking. They like what they like. And that's all that they care about, self-driven. They will never be the kind of audience that you're pursuing. You should – what I'm saying is you should feel lucky that you have an audience for the type of thing you like to do, that there are as people as smart and as progressive as you. But you shouldn't take your feeling of utopia and try to disseminate it across the rest of the industry because they're not ready they'll never be ready and 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 you're wasting your effort all the time but i think you're wasting your breath to combat it i think you are i think you're kind of uh, part of the old thinking and that's also leaving I, alone all this is leaving alone I my bdsm market that am follows as me for BDSM every reasons. bit as progressive as you are but i also understand the reality 
of how the rest of the world exists, and I can present you that that argument. I I have not been blinded by uh, progressiveness. Uh, well, not, it's not, not really blinded by it. It's just seeing that there is there's more to be had. And there's more to be shown. There's there. I don't want people to be scared and fucking be in the closet and be jerking off in the shadows and shit. I want people to fucking scream that shit from the little fucking rooftops. And I want people to show up to Exotica. And I, well, not Exotica anymore because bullshit. But I want people to show up to AVN and but, to fucking but a- why do you and get feel, our autographs without being Why ashamed. not? If you really care about true progressive, if you really care about letting as people as an individual, see. Okay, so. Why can't you leave the dinosaurs at peace? If they will eventually die out, why are you forcing your view upon people that will never ever be ready well, for it? Well, it's not forcing. It's like are they already you look wanting at us. too much. They already too look at soon. us. They're just too ashamed to admit it right now, and we're trying to open that up. No, no, no. The only people that will open that will be open to that are the people that are predisposed to being progressive. You cannot change base wants and needs, and it's not your job to. It's your job. But when you have you, the I same think what's most important is to recognize where you stand. The only thing is a dick stand. and a pussy. It's a difference. Huh? When you have the same outcome and the only, di- only difference is a dick and a pussy, when you have a performer who can do the same fucking things that a cisgender person can do. That's how you feel because so you're enlightened. too. Yeah, of course, your audience is predisposed. It's a small audience, but they're predisposed to thinking that way. You are not being fair to the folks that will never catch up to you. If you believe in progression, well, I have to let if people you catch be- up to me, though, because that's what progression is. It's not only accepting the d- utopia you found, no, it's but it's, down it's so also treating you. people who aren't you with the same respect you demand of yourself. Let dinosaurs be dinosaurs and let you, when you're on cloud nine, fucking inhabit cloud nine. The thing that you want is what you can't have because human lives are too short. You want everybody to be everything. And eventually, one come a day, that will happen. It's not going to happen in your lifetime. It will naturally happen without your influence. You should be happy that you have the audience that you have and address them. But no matter how much work you but, do, but you're you will me, not there's a change. whole generation of performers just like me that are kicking these doors down for other people too. Great, but those are the few in your generation that are doing that. For people that are like you, you will never change Orion's mind about what he likes, wants, or needs when it comes to base sexual. Uh, uh, I don't know, Orion. What kind of porn do you like? Okay, you know what? You know what? This is very good. Let's trade it off to Orion. He's been listening to us gab totally, for yeah. a long time. We've been back and forth for what a while. What do you have to say based on what we're up. talking about? Yeah. Hmm. Well. <clears throat> First of all, this has been quite intense, (laughs) but to answer your question, when it comes to, uh, let's, let's establish a couple of things. First of all, I do like porn. I'm a grown man. And I do like porn. Yeah, I guess I should ask you if you even like porn. Um, I, I would think that any, I would think any, any red-blooded american male no matter what color he is is going to have a pre predilection for porn maybe not a lot maybe maybe whole bunches of but i've seen i've seen my share of porn and um i've i've seen it all i've watched it all my preference my preference can I pause oh. you? Can I pause you for a second? I, no. I, <laughs> I, in in almost twenty years of knowing you. No, no, no. I, I've first. seen. I've seen. First. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen. First. Stashes have been left at my house, 
I've perused. I know that my man Orion is a he is Come on, he's don't a give qualified. Him any he don't is, give him predisposed any anything. Let him speak himself. He Come on, let him what, speak himself. Actually, I want to hear this to see if she's dead <laughs> on or not. So, what, what am I well, predisposed? Well, now I'm going to have to fight two people. What? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. This ain't no. over yet. <laughs> um, I'm saying personally as a human from one guy to another I have had Orion leave his porn stashes in my house from time to time when he's times when he's had to stay with me times where I've had to stay with him I've seen his porn stashes I perused I looked I want to know what makes my buddy tick I can tell you right up front that as as shy as he may be uh as shy as he <laughs> he might put himself out there as um he he is qualified to talk about the porn industry i have not known anybody beside him in my life that is as much a fan of porn oh my god oh you can't believe the stacks oh man dude uh eric <laughs> i was and just I, about to name him what are you talking about breather. <laughs> eric and i uh, my buddy Eric, a guitar player, a uh, uh, friend, a uh, mutual friend of uh, Orion and I, Orion would leave his stash of porn behind, and he'd go off to work, and uh, fucking Eric and I would go and pop shit from the stack he left behind into the fucking VHS. That's how old this shit is, and we would look and go, "Oh my god, dude." Orion's a sex freak. He's a fucking sex freak. Holy shit. Orion is qualified to talk about porn no matter how. Then let's let him talk. So so I I was just saying that to establish (laughs) that no matter how shy he's being about it, he's qualified. So he does have an interest in porn. Saying that. a small one. Saying that. Let's let the man talk. He's heard us bitch back and forth at each other. Let's see what he has to say. He's qualified. And this microphone is just getting what we do on the normal. So. <laughs> me, 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 me. <clears throat> hmm. Caucasian porn. <clears throat> Ebony porn. BBW porn. Midget porn. Wow. Japanese porn. So you're not racist or sizes? Um, elderly porn. Um, a little bit, a little bit of um, a little bit of um, um, S and M, just barely a little bit, which is weird for a person that watches and sees as much as I would see. You would think that would be really dominant in my list, mm-hmm. but it's not. Um, you'd be I, surprised at how much uh, yeah. films involve BDSM when they don't really market it yeah. as BDSM. Um. I have watched tradie porn, which is weird because I've never watched gay porn. No, I don't. Wait, know wait, 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 wait. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you there. That's not weird. Why? At all, wait, wait. Why would you qualify that as weird? The difference well, between well, oh, actually, tranny yeah, porn and gay porn. Thank you for saying that. The reason why I consider that to be weird is that there, there, in gay porn, there's two outies. In trainee porn, sometimes there's an Audi and an Innie, and sometimes there's two Audis. Well, you don't like you don't like looking sexually at men. Mm. Actually, in the end, yes, I can I can agree to say that. Um, okay, but you do like women, and since you did watch trans porn, you you are still okay with a woman having a, a penis or a woman of alternative body type. What was it about the body trans structure? porn? Uh, hold on, this is this a is a lot good. of trans porn and female porn is not marketed towards a cisgender I can pinpoint this. I can I can I can direct this to a very specific question. What was it about trans porn that you did look at that? made you feel it was okay to look at. I do want to hear that. It was the for me it was the modification of the bodies. Mm. Because I also understood that they they're called trans for a reason because under most cases you would think that they're starting to transform from one to another and maybe if they get finished they will end up being the other. But most of the time they're caught kind of mid stride in where they're at with what they're doing. I've never I while I consider myself a decent man, like I said before, I am not. I am. I. I am not 
wise to this world. When you when you tell me that you're a transgendered person, I Gender. believe that you're you're. I'm sorry. Transgender. It's not past tense. It's present. Well, okay, transgender. Yeah. I would say, well, what I'm hoping for is that you would be transgendered. In the end, if you're saying that you're going from a man to a woman or from a woman to a man, I would think the end of that journey is that you would end up at either said man or said woman. Well, of course you are. Um, but see, that, that drives, uh, delves into the, uh, the fact that there's no start or fi- – well, there's a start, but there's no finish to a transition, really. There's okay, no you know what? Transition. You know what I'm hearing here at this junction? I'm hearing um, – I'm hearing that people are mincing words. Gender is just a social construct. I'm hearing anyways. that people are mincing words, that they're being pedantic. Does it matter if there's an ED at the end of the word he just used? He used it with logic involved. He said transgendered because the ED. That makes sense if you're referring to a past tense. It connotates a logical path of thought. Okay. But it's not correct. Why? Because it's not. Why? It's, it's transgender. No, no, you word. can't say something is but, not without a reason. But, but why is it wrong? But if you're referring to a past tense and and you didn't know that it was transgender, then it was then that. Makes you're starting sense. from the top down. He had a logical fucking explanation. He said ED meant end of goal. End of goal. You say transgender is so subjective. End of goal. What do you mean? No, it's not. It's objective. End. End of goal. I. I am. I was born a man. I want to end a woman. You were not born a man. You were born a boy. You were born physiologically. I was born a man. You were not born a man. You're not a man until you until you're like age fucking what twenty whatever. Yeah, you're not. You're not a man until you're age eighteen. You weren't born at age eighteen. You were born at age what one. So you're a baby. You were born a baby first off. And you did not a have baby a fucking a gender. Penis. You did not have a gender. You had a sex. Yeah, sex. And what a, a sex which what gender a is guy defined like- by through uh, a medical terminology. Loophole. Yeah. I have testes. I'm a man. Well, that's your. Se- you have a male sex. Exactly. You're not a man. And wh- and well, I mean, see, if you identify this as a man, is I can't the case, say you're not. This is the case of hippy dippy folks mincing words. You're talking about gender. I'm but, just trying to make sure everything. But but everything I said about dinosaurs is exactly why he needs to be respected because he's thinking logically. He's thinking sex. And he's not worried about educate. mincing words gender I'm trying to educate, like you are. But I'm trying to educate. He's saying what makes logical sense physiologically, scientifically. He's saying that... No, scientifically... Okay, let's stop for a minute. I get it now. Hmm? All righty. What do you get? What I get is that she's when this whole thing started, when this whole thing started, what you were saying is that you were trying to explain that you're 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 trying to open minds to a new realm of thinking and you're doing it through performance art. What she's saying is that you can't you 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 can try. Most likely it will succeed. But it won't succeed in the lifetime that you're with because of people like myself. There's not just one of me. There's millions of me that think that exact that exact thing. We're we're logically bound individuals. What happens was we just this was the perfect example. I said something. You were to correct it, but you missed the you missed the ideal of what I was saying when I was saying it. I, I did. And you under as I explained to you why I was saying it, you were simply do you were simply grammatically correcting me and helping me to understand. Okay, now you've reached one person because I've learned something and now I know something, but I'm just one person. Of course, it starts, right. it starts with the individual. This is which is good, and this will serve this purpose for an individual or a group of individuals. Of course, as long as there as long as there's a as long as there's a Hetero, alpha. That's most red blooded male because so. it's a male. This is a male. D- That's most world. of the men that want to see us on the side, anyways, and not a minute. 
But as long as the person who has, as long as who controls our government, who controls That's our money, yeah, who, who controls, who controls our money, who controls power of any type, is that type of person, it's going to be an uphill battle. As long one as that it's you bigotry. Yes. Yeah, one that... that that's and that's all bigotry at all times. Of course, what, that's all injustice, whether it's Inju- yeah. ra- whether it's racial or or minor minorial or whatever word you want to use for that. Yeah, or due, due to a minority. But I just wanted to 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 save all the madness that was happening because it was about it's podcast. It's supposed well, to be that way. Well, it's a podcast, but it shouldn't it shouldn't blow up in anything. More than a dull roar, and I've seen I've seen podcasts before where people gone at it, but it should there should be a level where everybody should agree to disagree and bring it back down. And my job is to get you to understand that I see both points. Both points work perfectly fine, and they both serve the same purpose of what both people were trying to say. So that's my take on it. Thank you so much for sharing that, Orion. Orion. Don't put a cap on the madness. Caps are bad podcasts. Let things get crazy because that's how we get to the point. Don't try to be referee. Don't try to be referee. Somebody has to keep control. Control's done in editing, motherfucker. <laughs> not, not if the whole fucking podcast is the same thing. Then you're editing nothing. <clears throat> if it, if if you've got bickering and yelling for thirty or forty five so minutes, that's forty five minutes. That's captivating can. radio. So to you, you, maybe not to your audience. So would you like to move on to another subject? Maybe? No, I'm going to parlay into another subject. Okay, hmm, parlay. My name's I'm... Jamie French. I yeah. have French words. Yeah, you'd think I'd know that one, but. <laughs> My name's Jamie French because uh, I think back when uh, my great-great-grandfather was in prison, he killed a French dude, and so they called him Frenchy, and he adopted the name French as his last name and passed it on to all of his kids, and I wound up with the name Jamie French. It has nothing to do with where I came from. Hmm. <clears throat> It's funny you should say that. I I won't tell you whether or not I'm lying. <laughs> Good. But it's also your performer name too and you're one of the one of the few performers who actually lives with your performer name and your real name. My real name and my performer name is Jamie French. I have nothing to hide. Mm. Yeah. And I won't. What's the- and they they ask you if you're French though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely all the time. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I can't tell you how many fucking uh Twitter DMs and how many Instagram messages. Oh, your friends, baby. Oh, and and they speak <laughs> in a language I can't even understand just because my last name spelled in English translate button says French <laughs> and they hit me up and they're like and I, and I and I'm like I just I just uh, click the translate block, tweet. <laughs> I block and ignore, block and ignore because I have nothing to say to those folks. Yeah, they don't get it. But it means you have, I don't get it. But it means end you have of transaction. French, French fans. It means you have fans from from another continent. And that's country. great. And the moment they are smart enough to realize I'm American. Yeah, is the moment they can talk to me. <laughs> Until then, well, kind of, I I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time but in my day that. to try that. to figure out what they're saying. I'm the same a, way with dick pics. A one <laughs> one. I'm never gonna meet them in real life. So, and I can't imagine that just because court. they're French, they're saying anything different than any other English speaker that says, "Oh, baby." Oh, marry me. Oh, spread your ass. Oh, I love... Oh, suck your cum. It's all the same bullshit. I don't care what the language is because I'm progressive. I think everybody's saying the same thing no matter what their language (laughs) So I will block and delete the fucking Frenchies that try to hit me up, misconstruing my name as though they think I can speak their language. They're no more important to me as any other fan that is caught up in the fantasy that I sold that don't realize the difference between me as a person and me as a brand. Well, they're not in on the joke. 
they're not in on the joke. Yeah. They're they're so horny that they take the extra step and say, "Oh man, it's 2016. For 10 years yeah. I've had a platform to reach the entertainers and to break the fourth wall." And that sucks. It's something that, that hasn't sucks. been around. That sucks for folks like us. Yeah. Because we do the fantasy. We do the <laughs> we do the entertainment on our own terms, knowing what people like, and we and we do it to the best of our ability and we put it out. But we are giving of ourselves, and entertainment should not be a two way street. D- it was 1983. You were with Tom Hanks, Bosom Buddies, and they put out that show, and it was completely on their end. They never had to answer to Twitter people. They never had to treat people as if they were on the same level as them themselves, the entertainer. In this day and age, we live in a world where the folks that are capable have to deal with folks, the fans, that feel like they're every bit as capable simply because they have a form to speak. Yeah. And and it should they feel like they're on your level. But that diminishes all of your hard work. It diminishes all of your ambition, all of your drive, every fucking struggle you had to go through to make a thing happen. All of a sudden, they're on your level just because they can type a thing to you? Well, not really. And correlation, like when, 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 you know, interacting with your fans, I guess they're kind of on your same level because you're on the, the same platform. There's a big difference. You share this, there was well, no, a thing the back platform. in the day that was called fan mail. When Bosom Buddies came out back in 1983, I'm not denying the fan that, mail that they got was and... a hope on a hope. You had, if you were really a fan, you had to take your time. But I, you had to pull out a piece of paper, get your pen, you had to write down a thing, you had to go to the post office, send it to Warner Brothers or whoever was in charge of that show, and hope upon hope that Tom Hanks saw your letter, hopefully, eventually, maybe. And if you were the greatest of the greatest fan, he saw you, and you were lucky if he responded. But now we live in an age where people that put in the hard work have to deal with the common man as if they were equals. And of course, that's because sucks. only because But we're not equals they have, because we still make the entertainment uh the productions for them to see and we're still being But paid a by lot them, of so. your day is wasted. If you choose to if you choose to, you want to interact with your fan. I interact with my fans, and a lot of my fans are intelligent. Not a lot of them are like you know, baby. You know, like yeah, you have those. Those are the problem fans. I mean, I think we've talked about them on. I'd Asia. say the majority of your fans say nothing. The cool fans yeah. are one percent, but the rest of the fans that can speak are are completely misguided. Well, a lot of them do say and they, nothing they because they feel like they have something to say simply because they can say something. And it's a drag on your day-to-day life. I appreciate most of all the fans that say nothing. Yeah. Because those are real. But I those don't, are they understand their place. I don't I I do, but I I understand I understand the fans that say nothing because they're wanting but it's like, why are they saying nothing? Are they saying something because they're, they're not saying because nothing? Because they're they ashamed? know their place. No, it's not shame. It's because the, my fan that says nothing says nothing for a reason. They understand where they are. I am a, just a guy in my day-to-day life but, that wants to take 15 minutes out of their day to jerk off to something that I like. And I have no reason to talk to that person. So long as they keep producing, so long as they make the particular thing I like, I'm a happy camper. And then the other fans, that smaller portion that are very vocal, those are the ones you got to watch out for. Those are the ones because they have a forum by which to communicate with you, think that that form is a golden ticket into weaseling their way into your life 
They don't uh, they don't respect or understand their place. They want more than what the contract states. The contract states, I'm an entertainer. I make the thing, you eat the thing. But, end of transaction. But entertainers are are you know, you kind of got to make your own boundaries anyways. Like when you're negotiating no, a BDS the scene, boundary, you say, hey, don't fist the me. The boundaries are inherent in the job. I am an entertainer. The boundaries state, you don't fuck with me. It's a privilege that I was born with enough sensibility to make a product that you like. I am a carefully selected by nature, chosen few that makes the thing. I am the thing maker. You don't make things. Or the watcher or the viewer. You. You're the customer. You are enhancing your life through people like me. I spend, I sacrifice. Vicariously living through us. As the thing maker, I sacrifice normality. Of course. To provide. That is enough sacrifice i don't need to sacrifice additional time from folks that want to have more than what the contract states but like i said just like the name of the podcast pick your battles you choose whether you want to interact with that people uh, can i stop you right there this is this is this is important uh people that will hear this show will know this um previously this show was called Pick Your Battles. It is now called Approximate Podcast. Oh, yeah. Stephanie is referencing uh, an early name. Uh, that was my tweet today. Right. <laughs> and that's fine. And that's fine. And I, I will take the proper measures to fix that and make it all work. Well, I'll, I'll retweet it in another name. Sure. Well, we'll both do the same it, thing. Edit it, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll both do the same thing. But I want to address that real quick. Uh, you are listening to the Approximate, Approximate Podcast. Podcast. Um, it was previously known as Pick Your Battles. So beyond that, because um, some real shit happened in real time, and you're going to be listening to this, and this is going to exist in the past for you. So I, I'm just addressing what's happening now as of today. Where you are, future listener, uh uh, you know it as a different name. So, back to the point. Yeah. So, the back to the point. I mean, yeah, I, like I said, you. <clears throat> now that we, in, we exist in a modern age with the advancements in technology, of course we have people and we have form, well, we have forms that allow people, everybody to have a voice. And since everybody does have a voice, they see Twitter and they see um, Instagram and they see all these things as ways to interact with their fans. Do you think Lady Gaga doesn't interact with her fans? Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, no, make no mistake. I have no problem interacting with fans. I know there's problem fans. So long as they know their place because I know my place. Then that's when you cut them off. When they don't know their place, you you just don't. Right, which is why I was saying block and delete. Yeah, totally. And and that I shouldn't be seen as an asshole for blocking and deleting. No, not at all. If they overstep their boundaries, why not? Like, fuck, if somebody fucking uh, fists me when I say don't uh, fist me, I'm going to fucking punch them in the face and say I'm never working with you again. Right. I I think that... Always, to, always a lady. <laughs> I think that... <sighs> I think that social media is the new vanguard because of what we're talking about right now. Now, I'm arguing against the particularities, but you can't stop progress. True. I Everybody now has a voice, but for the people that sacrifice of themselves to create entertainment, mm-hmm. the playing field is now diminished. And that is the cost. That is the cost of everybody being able to have a voice. Folks that are talented get bothered by folks that aren't because those folks that aren't misread their place in the contract between entertainer and audience. You want to know my take on that? Yes, please, please step in. It's not just two ladies bitching at each other over here. It goes a little something like this. 
I have all sorts of forms of social media. And if I write you, it's a privilege that I write you. And when I write you, I tell you that I'm letting you know this as a privilege because you've done something for me to make my day better as a fan. But make no mistake, make no mistake. I control every part of social media that I deal with. I control how I speak to my fans. I control how I speak speak to club owners. I control how I speak to my my bosses as well as um, uh, managers, bandmates, and all. It's all across the board the same way. When you're in my world, you're visiting and you're a guest. As long as you're a guest, please... Take a look at what you see. Enjoy. Sample if you like. Piss on my roses. And you're and you'll, booted. And, and as, they, as it says in the Bible, you will be simple. I can't punish you. I can't beat you up. I can't make you mad. But, I can, but I can cast you from my sight. That's what I can do. And believe me, if you're a fan of mine and have been cast by my sight, you're hating it right about now. Because it's a good time to be a Ryan Quest. I promise you that. <laughs> and for all the people who talk shit, for all the people who told me this, that, and the other, for all the people that saw me in my darkest moments, they laughed and thought that I'd never come back to block them. But they've been blocked. So I say this to my family. I've said this to my girlfriend. I say these to my closest people that are close. And I can count them on one hand. If I'm talking to you, you have access that no one has. Privilege. I was at a gig. I was at a gig. And um, how long ago? Uh, this was um, this was about two weeks ago. Okay. When uh, jamming in this island earth, I also do a lot of session work, and I use a lot of equipment. Um, one of my one of my sixteen inch chinas broke. Okay. And I was playing a gig with the Hillbilly Orchestra, Gas Monkey. About 400 people, Gas Monkey Live in uh, uh, Dallas, Texas. Um, we were playing a gig opening for a band called the Moonshine Bandits. A pretty good band, I may add. Um, I was as I was playing a gig. As I was playing the gig, there was a young lady out on the stage, and a couple of people next to him. You know, let me get a drumstick. Let me get a drumstick. Let me get a drumstick. And she was just there, minding her own business, doing her own thing, jamming. And I was playing close to her, and this, that, and the other. And um, I had dropped the drumstick, and and while people were trying to grab it and stuff, she grabbed it and held on to it. She was like, "Yeah, I got this." And I was, and we were close on the front of the stage. So, because uh, the Moonshine Bandits, they basically preloaded their gear, and we had to play up at the front. Um, and right in between songs, I was like, you can go ahead and keep that. She said, it's for my son. Will you sign it for me? You know? Okay. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I can sign it for you. Yeah. So we begin our next song. And the next song has a guitar interlude that lasts for about two and a half minutes. So in the middle of that two and a half minutes, I pull out my Sharpie. I pull out that broken china. I walk to the front of the stage and I ask, what's your kid's name? She says her name. I believe her name. The kid's name was John. And I said, to John, wished you were here, Orion. I gave her the china. I nodded in respect and went back to my drum set. Nobody else got anything else. Access. That's what I offer you. I offer you what I offer you things that nobody else can have. So if you want to be a dick, yeah, cause people a hard time, go ahead, knock yourself out. But you choose. Yeah. But you I choose. Don't let them choose. N- never. You you control you contrary to popular belief. No matter how much they think they're in control, or they believe that they said something, you just simply don't respond. Because mm-hmm. to all the haters, the only revenge to a hater is success. Mm-hmm. The only revenge is to do better than they're doing, mm-hmm. and then they and they can try to respond all they want. But you ain't hearing that. They can respond all they want. You don't have to. Your success has has muted them. Yeah. Yeah. The success mutes. Played with the hillbillies. 
Gas Monkey Live. This is arguably the biggest show we've ever played. Easily about 1,600 people. It's a national act. We're opening up for Jackal. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting, um, I'm getting all sorts of emails on my Facebook, this, that, and the other. And I, there's a, there's an email that's sent to Mongo from the Hillbilly Orchestra that says, I see those other guys there. What's that black dude doing with you? Wow. Wow. Well, that shows your racism is still alive. So everybody starts to respond. Mm. Everybody starts to respond. And Mongo says, I'll block that motherfucker. I was like, no, no, don't block him. Don't block him. We go on and play the gig. I get home, take about seven breaths, and then I type a response. He asked him, the, the question was, what is that black dude doing there? And so I respond by writing, hi, this is the black dude. What I'm doing is I'm living out the sum of my ambition, which is A, playing in a band, B, playing at one of the biggest venues of my life, C, seeing pussy left and right, (laughs) and more importantly, D, getting paid a bunch, and in capital letters, bunch of money to do it. Unlike your ambitions, asking the people, would you like fries to go with that? But I'm not going to hate on you because you'll be a manager maybe someday. Have a nice day. 